We're going to talk about career growth and success at all stages. A job, it's almost transactional. You're going there because you feel like, I just need to make money. A career is is a bit better. It's really central to your identity and sense of progress. Because of the pandemic, there was pent-up demand for talent. Agencies came scrambling back and hired a ton of people last year. Well, these days, before anyone wants to give you an interview, they're going to look you up online. It's just like if you go on a first date um, with someone you just met on Tinder. You're listening to the Real Business Connections Network. Real Business Connections Network. Powered powered by Balbert Marketing, LLC. Subscribe now and check us out at realbusinessconnections.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, once again to Real Business Connections. I'm your host, Ben Albert, and I've got three people with me today because this is the first ever, that's legit, the first ever edition of Real Talk with Grow-Getters. What's a Grow-Getter? Simply simply put, it's a go-getter with a growth mentality. They're always looking to level up. They're always looking to learn. I'd like to put myself in that category. That's why I started the show so I can surround myself with people smarter than me and learn from them. So I'm really excited about our topic today. We're going to uh, we're going to talk about career growth and success at all stages. And some people might be watching on the YouTube, but let's get to know your voice. So we'll start with Brett. Brett, if you want to just take a moment to Tell your story, like who you are, what do you do, who do you help? Great. I appreciate you having me and, and the rest of us here today. This is very exciting. Uh, so my name is Brett Knopf. I'm a performance coach and business strategist. I spent over 20 years in leadership and sales management roles across multiple verticals. And as I transitioned into starting my own shop a few years back, I I was caught up with this concept of, or the statistic rather, that 85% of people are disengaged or unhappy at work. And I want to change that. It is my mission to change that. It does not have to be that way. I've had a ton of success creating teams, building teams, building leadership, uh, uh, leaders rather, that focus in on principles like collaboration, transparency, self-accountability, and personal growth. They actually care about their employees because... When we put people and and authentic collaboration at the forefront, we not only attract, but also cultivate top tier talents who want to work hard on behalf of themselves, as well as the organizational vision. So I do that through strategic consultations with owners, CEOs, founders, entrepreneurs. Uh, I do a lot of keynotes, workshops, retreats, and strategic planning sessions with those individuals. And yeah, I, I wake up with the mission every day of of changing the narrative around going to work and and focusing on the personal development of all team members. Love this, Brett, and and that's the exact reason why I wanted you on the show. You're developing leaders at all stages, and God forbid we we don't have enough leaders in this world. So I appreciate what you do, a- Annie. What about you? Talk a little bit about who you are, what you do who you help or anything else that comes to mind. Thanks for inviting me to this panel, Ben. So um, not sure people who are not watching the video version 
Canel, especially you didn't say my full name. Uh, full name is Annie Margarita Yang. So I'm an Asian American born here in the United States to Chinese working class immigrants. We didn't have a lot of money growing up. So I didn't go straight to college because I didn't want to take on any student loan debt. So after high school, I worked a whole string of minimum wage jobs. And then everyone's like, oh, Annie, you're so smart. You should go to college. Finally, I went. I got my degree, but coming out, I was working at Domino's Pizza. So it's not that golden ticket that everyone says it is, right? Um, when my husband and I, we moved to Boston, I decided, you know what? There's opportunity here in this city. I'm going to make my mark. So I applied to accounting jobs with no accounting degree. I applied to 50 a day. And then by the end of the week, I had an accounting job offer. I managed to do this for three job searches in a row. For my third job search, I landed it in only five days, which is why two months ago, I launched a new book called The Five-Day Job Search so that other people can do the same, especially in the recession we're having now where we have massive layoffs. Every company is just literally going bankrupt now. So everyone is really scared. And I want to encourage people and give them hope that they can also get a job, even if they don't think they're qualified. I love this. And you are about hope and building a personal brand and teaching people five days sounds pretty easy, especially when you're making a decision for the rest of your life, the rest of your career. So I'm excited to have you here. And I'm also excited for our third panelist, Tony. Tony, it's your turn, my friend. Thanks, Ben. Uh, I'm Tony Stanall. I'm an executive recruiter in the advertising industry. And um, my mission is to make people's lives better. I mean, that's why I put people into new jobs that uh, makes them better off than when they were between gigs or at their former job. Always loved advertising. Uh, used to watch commercials as a kid. I, I was inspired by uh, Darren Stevens on Bewitched. If you remember, he was the penultimate ad guy. He was he would do copy and art and client service like one man ad agency. Uh, and, and I was so inspired that uh, I've got two daughters and my oldest daughter's name is Samantha in no small part uh, because of Samantha Stevens. So I got into advertising. I got into account management in New York, Madison Avenue, big time stuff, uh, blue chip agencies, uh, major uh, accounts, uh, clawed my way into international account management, got to travel the world. Uh, worked on the Oreo account, uh, for instance, and uh, helped make Oreo cookies the best-selling cookie in the world. And we'd like to say the best-loved cookie in the world, too. But um, got got into uh, uh, multicultural advertising. I, I pawned myself off as uh, Antonio for a couple of years in a Hispanic agency in Los Angeles. Uh, I knew my way around Latin America and cultures there. So I was able to effectively do that, even though my language skills are horrible. Eventually got into recruiting uh, in the advertising industry and um, now my my own boss for 15 years in, in, in uh, doing this business. Again, putting people into uh, into better situations in their lives. Um, I, I learned the uh, the art and science of recruiting uh, from the network I joined. I, it, had I just hung up my shingle, I would have been the poster child for doing this wrong. There really is a lot to learn uh, and uh, you don't want to mess up people's lives. So that's why we take the uh, the precision to do that. So 
We work coast to coast, uh, all over the advertising agency org chart. And um, that's my story, Ben, and I'm, I'm sticking to it. There is a lot to learn, and I'm excited. Two reasons I'm excited to have you here. One, you know, Annie's helping people get hired. You're helping do the hiring. And I was also a guest on one of your podcasts, right? right. So what, what, what podcast was that? That was Adtastic. That was part of Daily Ad Brief last year. And we were talking about, you know, the length of podcasts earlier. Those were brief, five, six-minute hits. Quickies. And you you killed it, man. People people really loved uh, you know what you had to say. So um, you know, Google that, my name and Adtastic comes up. So Ad-tastic you guys are ranking well, yeah. That's um, right. I wanted to start with Brett, uh, and and the whole group can respond to any of these. But but Brett, um, when it comes to like a job, a career, a calling, I know this is something you're really passionate about. I mean, we can work in a job our whole life that we're miserable. We don't want that. But what is the difference between a job, a career, and a calling? Yeah, that, I love that question, Ben. And I listen. I, I study success. A lot successful people, successful habits, successful principles, and and one of the the gentlemen I listen to regularly is Jeff Bezos. Obviously, objectively, he's had a ton of success. So he talks about this concept, and it, it really resonated with me. And the way that I look at it, and and frankly, I'm I'm borrowing some of the things that I've heard from him is a job is where it's it's almost transactional. You're going there because you feel like you have to. Because you feel like I I just need to make money. I, I need to pay my bills. It's it's something that is not anything that you are uh, necessarily passionate about, inspired by, so on and so forth. And I'd say the overwhelming majority of people have fallen into this false narrative that you you just have to have a, a job uh, to make money and and take care of those bills. And I reject that uh, out of hand here. A career is is a bit better. Mm. A career is where you your work is is really central to your identity and sense of progress, which overall is, I think, a good thing, but can also be a bad thing if it gets too tied up into that identity. But if you have a career, there's a there's definitely more passion. There's more of a, an emotional investment into what you're doing, and and just a, a I'd say a gratification that that comes along with finding something that that you you really enjoy. Uh, a calling, on the other hand, that's outwardly focused. I mean, that's where you're you're looking to serve other people at at the highest levels possible. Uh, it contributes to something well beyond yourself. And I found personally, and and in studying success and being around uh, very successful people that. The, the folks that seem to have the greatest combination of personal happiness and business and financial success, they have a call and they wake up every day hyped to get the day started because they're not just impacting themselves, they're impacting their team members who in turn are impacting their clients, who in turn are impacting their various uh, the people that that they come in contact with, so it's a it's a real multiplier effect. Uh, and when you can identify that calling and go full steam ahead towards it, your life takes on a whole different 
meaning and you, you can really make a dent in the universe, so to speak, not to be too grandiose, but I, I truly believe it and seen and, and heard and experienced enough of it myself to know that uh, there's something there at the, at the very least. Amen to that. If anyone has a comment, jump in or I do have a follow up question for you. I have something. Please. Annie. So, but Brett, what if it's simply for me, in my opinion, it could be a matter of changing your mindset around that, because even when I was working at Domino's Pizza, making eight dollars an hour, at first I viewed it as a job, but I didn't necessarily think of it as a career calling, but I felt like incredibly satisfied, you know, like I complained at first, like, why am I here for I'm making pizzas for everyone? It's it's not prestigious at all. Right. But then I met a coworker. He was blind and he he was actually initially working as a sheriff. But a few years into his job, he lost his sight. And after many surgeries, he was permanently blind and he didn't want to just live on disability. He wanted to somehow still help his family pay the bills and pay the mortgage. So he 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 tried to figure out where he can work. He realized he can fold boxes for Domino's Pizza and he did it with so much joy and happiness. He, he folded like a thousand boxes a day. And after I, I heard about his story, my own coworker, I was like, wow, you know, here I am. I'm at Domino's. I'm serving people, people who are hungry. They work all day. They have kids that they have to feed after work and we can get a pizza to them in 30 minutes. So my calling right now is I'm, I'm helping people get quick food and, and create happy memories for their family during dinner time. Right. So um, what, what do you think of that? I mean, for me, it, my perspective is just like a mindset shift kind of right. Because you can be happy doing anything so long as you feel like you are serving other people. I, I completely agree. I, you know, I don't think there's any hard, fast rules with this and, and mindset is is paramount to to happiness and and success as long as you have that uh that perspective and and you're able to take joy in what you're doing and and really understand why you're doing it i think that's that's a key element that i think it's also been a little bit uh played out what's your why what's your why but it's no less important uh than than it ever has been if there's if there's a, a why and a purpose behind it by all means there's there's a ton of satisfaction and gratification to be had in just doing something that you enjoy doing that serves other people and the the mindset uh shift and that paradigm shift plays a huge role in all of it so i, I completely agree my quick follow-up is uh, just to set the stage, Brett, what, what if we feel like in both ends of it, like we're in a job, but we don't have the mindset. It doesn't feel like a calling. We're totally miserable. What, what's a sign that we maybe should look for a different career, a, a better calling? What's a sign that we need to exit our role and maybe join the market? Any thoughts on that? Well, I think what you said in itself is is an indicator of those things. And you know, I find that there's a lot of anxiety and and depression in, in, in plenty of cases that comes from being aimless, not really having that that target in mind. Like, what are you here to do? Who are you here to serve? 
Why is that valuable? And the the biggest change for for myself, I'll, I'll say, is when I started taking inventory of those things, I just started writing everything down, getting it out of my head and figuring out what is that aiming point? Mm. I don't know exactly how I'm going to get there. I actually have no idea how I'm going to get there. But as long as I know, and it's 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 a deep, emotionally connected uh, goal and, and target, the how will come into the line of sight as long as that that focus and that intention and that specificity is there. So I think that anxiety, depression, not feeling good about going in every day, dreading going in every day. There's there's things that can be done, but it takes self-inventory, self-reflection, writing it down and uh, creating that that um, compelling vision for yourself in order to get yourself out of that muck and muck and mire. Love this. So we've done some self inventory. We've reflected. We've decided possibly it's time for a change. I have so much to ask all of you guys, but like Tony and Annie, but specifically we'll start with Tony because with advertising agencies, you guys are, you're helping recruit and hire people. So one thing that I'm going to ask Annie about in a second is how do you get hired? But I'm curious with Tony, like what, what are some of the, so pandemic changed everything. So let's start mm-hmm. there. Um, what kind of challenges or changes have came up post pandemic? And like, let's say I'm looking to get hired, could be in the advertising space, but could be elsewhere. What are the things that you're looking for? Because then Annie is an expert on like teaching us how to actually get that job. But let's start post pandemic. What are the things you're looking for when you're recruiting and hiring talent? Well, well, let me build off of something that um, that that both Annie and Brett said. Please and, do and first. With, with uh, you know what, what's your why, or, or is it a job? Is it a career? I remember one of my first candidates uh, several years ago was a, a young lady who said that she was burned out in her agency job and quit. She took uh, what she called, I'll never forget this term, a radical sabbatical. She had enough money to not work for a year. She just took off. And when she would be ready to come back, she would, you know, jump back in. Um, but she she was just getting overworked and, and just wasn't feeling herself. She got in touch with me after that period of time. I ended up placing her with a, a CEO who was very uh, attuned to flexibility. And she you know, happily worked for him. But I, I got to say one thing that her nature is that of a workaholic. And I think she's probably going to be always be a workaholic. But I started hearing way back then more work-life balance and flexibility. And these were foreign terms to my ears. Fast forward to the pandemic. Suddenly, a lot of people were forced to not go to the office, having the flexibility to work from home, living in little rat holes in you know, Hoboken or you know, Hell's Kitchen in New York. And going, where are my friends? I want to go to happy hour. Uh, what's going on? And, and so it's in, in the category of be careful what you ask for. But the pandemic changed a lot. In most agencies, most companies I, I see now have gone to a, a four-day work week. A lot of uh, it was super easy to recruit 
immediately following the pandemic because I could find someone anywhere and place them anywhere else. It was, you know, WFA, work from anywhere. Ah, find someone from Portland, Oregon. They could work in an agency in Miami, no problem. That has begun to tighten up in the past year, I would say, certainly in, into, into this year, uh, where more agencies, mostly in the bigger markets like New York and Chicago, are requiring people to go back into the office at least three days a week. And some of the hires I've made for, say, department heads, um, I kind of feel you, you should be there pretty often because, uh, you know, it, it helps the culture. It helps socialize you with your people. And um, and so that that's, you know, that's a big change since uh, since 2020. It's, it's more, uh, you know, working in the office, but still it, it's loosened it up and, and gone to the four day work week. Have either of you guys experienced that as well, Brett or Annie, uh, a big shift here? No, because I've stayed in the same job that I've had since 2019, and I've just gotten more and more and more flexibility because I'm really good at what I do. And my I'll be very honest, I had to sit my boss down and I said, I just launched this new book, The Five Day Job Search. And um I don't know when I'm going to quit, but as soon as I can get on like the Jordan Peterson show or something like that, you know, it's time for me to say goodbye. Right. So and I, and I told him I'm getting on 500 podcasts over the next 12 months. And I'll be very honest. I'll be doing the shows during my nine to five work hours, because if if a host only has a availability during these times, I'm booking them. Right. And he, he said, OK, it's it's fine. <laughs> Right. It's fine. Uh, so during my quote unquote full time job, 40 hour a week, um, which I still get paid for that same salary, I really only work between 10 to 15 hours a week. Um, so uh, my experience has not been common, though. Right. My boss has been really, really flexible with me. <laughs> yeah. The first okay. tiny digression will circle right back. Did you say 500 podcasts in a year? That's the goal. Yeah, I'm already booked on 100. Tell me the the why behind that. How does that help your career? Well, my goal is to sell 100 million copies of the five-day job search. So I want this to be so well-known. It's like everyone's heard of Harry Potter. Well, then they'll also have heard of the five-day job search, right? It'll be like that common. But I don't control how many books or how many people want to buy a book. I don't control whether someone buys. I control whether I sell. Right. It's like a different side of the same transaction. I can sell. That doesn't mean you're going to buy. Um, so my line of thinking is if I get on 500 shows, each one has about 2000 listeners per episode. That's a million people getting exposed to the five day job search book. Yeah. Who's going to buy? I don't know. Right. So so that's my thinking. And then I have a whole bunch of like 49 other sales and marketing funnels that I'm going to flesh out. But we're we're looking at like maybe an exposure to probably 900 million people based on the marketing plan that I've fleshed out. Nice. Yeah. It, it, in all fairness, she'll she'll be doing your podcast, Ben, 10 times. So that that adds up to uh, several <laughs> of the 500 in there. Do you have do you have room on AdTastic as well, Tony? <laughs> yeah, if it's advertising related, we certainly do. It's not uh, ad, advertising related, though. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what about you, Brad? You're working 
in you're actually consulting working in some of these businesses as a third party helping them out have you noticed any transitions or um, sticking points since the pandemic hit i know by now it was years ago but it's still recent history yeah, no, it, there's there's definitely some uh, some collateral uh, effects of of that uh, still continuing here. Uh, I, I've seen similar to what what Tony's seen. I've seen over the last year uh, more of a drive to have people back in the office, which is actually great for me in in the sense of what my mission is here uh, in creating work environments where people want to be there because talent at this point, has recognized that they don't need to be beholden to companies, leaders, organizations that don't invest in them on a personal level. And they are not going to to tolerate that moving forward. So there's there's a real need to create something that uh, is is going to have them want to be there putting their best foot forward. Uh, With all that being said, there's, there's this uh, corresponding challenge of the people that are still managing remote workforces. How do you keep that engagement there? How do you keep that collaboration there? And that's another avenue that I help tackle when they want to continue to be flexible and not necessarily have people forced to come back three, four, five days a week. So um, seeing still all of it, but definitely trending in the direction Tony mentioned. Yeah, well, what other, and in a second, I'm going to you, Annie, because we got to talk about what people are looking for, but you're going to help us see what we need to do. What, what, what other trends are you seeing, Tony? Like, what are recruiters and the people hiring, what else are they looking for at this time? Well, specific to the, to the agency world, there, there are kind of two areas that really thrived through COVID and, and, and into today. One has to do with digital and the other has to do with healthcare. Healthcare just was booming during COVID. I got to admit, my business was down during COVID because agencies were fur- furloughing people and laying people off. But I noticed that healthcare advertising was perking up and I didn't have a big, a big book of business there then. I do now because that's where all the action was. So uh, healthcare advertising continues to steam along. And, you know, it used to be five years ago was big, bad pharma. Pharma got a better image as, as a result of, of you know, the, the work what they did with the vaccines. Um, yeah, maybe with the Sackler family, not so much recently. But healthcare is huge. Uh, digital performance marketing is the name of the game. When, when we did an Oreo commercial, you know, back 20 years ago, and and sales went up. We take credit for it. Say, see, that's the advertising, of course. But we really didn't know it was either the advertising or the the coupon that dropped on on Sunday. Uh, but today, mm-hmm. all that interaction and results are so measurable. It's it's really fascinating. Uh, some people are a little too fixated on on the numbers. Uh, at the expense of, of the humanity side of, of uh, the equation. But but performance marketing, you know, that's a phrase used in every virtually every job description I, I have today. Love it. Any other trends before we get into how the heck do I actually get hired? 
let, let me just mention one thing because yes, sir. Uh, uh, I had um, because of the the uh, pandemic, there was pent up demand for talent. So many people were laid off. Agencies came scrambling back and hired a ton of people last year. It resulted in my best year ever, and I was able to turn down business. That's you know, pretty good. Uh, I was so busy. And I thought, oh, this is great. I'm in a groove. This will never stop. Well, not so fast. Uh, come, you know, second quarter of this year, things started to slow down. We're in a real, real hiring lull now. And I've been in this long enough to know that this is cyclical. And what I believe is going to happen is that first quarter next year, at least for the advertising industry, people are going to be fed up with having open job wrecks. And employees will be squawking about having to do more with less and having to take on too much work. And that'll result in more hiring. Now, I don't I don't think it'll quite come back in the same way that it did post-COVID, but I, I could see that trend beginning to, to happen even with a, a new contract I picked up this week. So we understand the trends. Every industry is going to be different. We need to understand that. You know, Brett talked about this, do a little self-discovery, understand the kind of role you want to be in. And, and Annie, one thing I love that you talk about is specifically personal branding. So like what exactly is a personal brand if you're a job seeker and how is that going to help me stand out from the competition going for that same role? Your personal brand is basically what other people think of you. You don't get to control what other people think of you, but you get to curate what people think of you. So uh, I like to think of it as you are what you post, just like you are what you eat, because whatever you post online affects what people think of you. So if you keep posting about the things that you're doing at work, your expertise in the industry, 80% of the time, rather than posting about what you ate last night, then your brand is going to be more centered around your career rather than what you ate last night. Because, you know, I see people online. Well, look, me personally, I only post about career related stuff or personal finance because that's the brand that I'm creating. Right. But I see people posting what they ate last night and that is their brand. <laughs> the, the This is what I ate last night brand or they're posting their little MLM schemes. Right. So they're just branding themselves as being part of a pyramid scheme. Mm. <laughs> Some people, they don't even have any trace of an online profile. Some people are not on social media at all. They also have a brand. It's called the I don't have social media brand. Right. That, that is other people's perception of you. Like you're still in a hermit, like you're still stuck in 2005. Right. Um, so I, I think of it as like everyone already has a brand. It's just a matter of did you curate it? And why is it so important for a job seeker? Well, these days, before anyone wants to give you an interview, they're going to look you up online. It's just like if you go on a first date um, with someone you just met on Tinder, you know, you don't want to sit down for dinner with some sort of creepy stalker or psychopath or someone who might kill you. Right. You, you want to do your due diligence and check who is this guy right? before you actually meet him. So it's the same thing for the interview, because um, I don't want to hire somebody who's like some extremist someone who, who posts these crazy things online, like I'm not interested in that, right? Um, and so if you're not getting an interview, you never know why you never got the interview. It could be because of something you posted online, but they'll never tell you that, right? So that's why it's so important. Huge. 
I love the mistakes. Any other common mistakes? So let's say I'm building a personal brand. I am posting my food. I am I'm out there. I don't know what I'm doing though. What what mistakes am I making if I'm not um if I don't have clarity on the brand I'm trying to create? What what mistakes will I make? Two biggest mistakes is not an impressive headshot. So what I see people posting online, especially on their LinkedIn, is oh if it was taken by a, ph- a professional photographer at a wedding, therefore, if I crop myself out here, this must be a professional headshot. Right. It, that doesn't mean it's a professional headshot just because a professional took it. Okay. <laughs> or they, they take a picture with their iPhone, a selfie, something and poor lighting. I'm like, who, who are you? You know, or like a picture where they're looking to the side. I'm like, can't even get a straight face here. <laughs> right? um, so I want people to get like a professional headshot by just Googling the words professional um, headshot photographer near me and then looking up all the different portfolios that are available. And find a one that has the kind of vibe you're going for. Because if you're an actor, it's a, it's a different vibe from like an accountant or someone in IT. So you want like a really specific vibe that communicates for the job you want, not for the job you have. Like, for example, um, at one point I said, I want to look like a future C- CFO in the making. So it's not about like me working in an entry-level accounting job. The headshot says CFO, right? <laughs> that's, that's what it should say. And uh, this th- this other mistake with the headshot is... People are like, hey, Annie, I got the headshot, but it looks really bad, even though a professional took it. And the reason why is because they didn't put in any effort uh, before they took the photo. Like, for example, what, what does it take to look good? Well, can you take photos of yourself in every outfit of your closet and like look in front of the mirror, take a picture of yourself and see, does this actually look good in the picture? Because it's not about whether it looks good in the mirror. Does it look good on camera? Right. So take a picture of yourself before you even show up at the studio in your clothes. And choose the one that looks nicest. Uh, get get your, your hair cut done on the same day right before the shoot. That way your hair looks fresh, right? Um, another thing is you got to get your makeup done. Camera makeup isn't the same as um, regular in-person makeup. Camera makeup is actually really cakey because the lighting in the studio is really harsh. And if it's not cakey, you're going to look totally washed out. I love this. I'm I'm imagining like I feel good in this. I know I look good. Well, it doesn't look good on picture. The people seeing it are going to think I look silly and that our personal brand, we don't get to choose how they feel about us. So it's important to have those little details done right. LinkedIn is huge in job search. Mm-hmm. And and as a recruiter and I have a, a full-time researcher in in Los Angeles who does nothing but scour LinkedIn for the searches I have, sending me people, et cetera. When we see a LinkedIn profile without a, without a picture, without a, a, a portrait, you kind of get suspicious. What, what are they trying to hide? What do they look like? Who is this person? Are they you know, an ax murderer that is in the post office? But uh, that, that it doesn't stop there. I, I think you're absolutely right about, you know, representing your your physical appearance, but also the LinkedIn profile should be chock full of every accomplishment you could talk about in your career. When I first got onto LinkedIn before getting into recruiting, I thought it was, oh, this is this is cute. It's a, a light version of my resume. I'll just put some, you know, certain jobs here and there. Knowing now what I know, that's not it at all. When you're being searched, 
you're going to want to have every accomplishment, every keyword, so that it'll pop for the people that are looking for someone with your background. I want to jump in on what he's saying. Like people's LinkedIn, they're so sparse, right? And I like to tell people, your resume, you can probably fit maybe three to four job experiences on one page. We don't want to like have a resume longer than one page. But you, what you can do is you can put your LinkedIn URL at the top of your resume. So you can have people click it and then they go to your LinkedIn and they can see your full history. Yeah. Like I had someone I'm helping right now. Um, he had like maybe six, seven jobs on his resume. I said, this is three pages. It's too long. He's like, but I want everyone to know like the full extent of my history like my work experience. I was like, that belongs on LinkedIn, yeah. you know, <laughs> like that, that's not on your resume. Like the resume is just like a taste. Your LinkedIn can have everything you want on it. Right. And then another thing is, um, I think this is a new one. You can actually use ChatGPT to help you write up all the various aspects of your LinkedIn. Like I've been uh, helping people write their bio using LinkedIn because I used to think like, Bios, professional bios were written more for like famous people who belonged on TV or to be published in a magazine, like those fancy, like as seen on NBC, Forbes, Fox and stuff like that. <laughs> but even like an entry level job seeker can have like a really nicely written professional bio. All they need to do is prompt ChatGPT to say, what, what information do you need from me to write a professional bio for the summary section of my LinkedIn? And ChatGPT is going to be like entering these 10 different things. You just shove that information back in and out comes a bio that's almost good to go. It just needs some polishing. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's amazing because I had to pay $300 from my bio two years ago. And now I get to help people using this software that I pay only $20 a month for. It's incredible, right? And one last thing, don't forget to put your email address on the bottom because if, if someone's not a connection, they, they don't see your contact information. I was, it's I was really gonna, important. That's one yeah. of my pet peeves. When someone's looking for work and they don't make it super easy to connect. I mean, I, I can reach them through LinkedIn and and LinkedIn Sales Navigator and so forth. But when you see that little crown open to work, okay, where's your email address? Where's your cell number? It, it's not even in the contact part of the contact information. You're absolutely right. But make it easy for people to find you if you want to be found. Uh, Annie, I, I want to touch on something you said in your initial response with the fact that Anyone that's a hiring manager is immediately going to some sort of social media uh, to, to find what's going on with you. And it's funny because I, I know this. I've done this plenty of times. And I've been approached for affiliate opportunities throughout the, the last several years. And I've turned every single one of them down until recently. I was approached by this company called LifeBrand that is looking to protect your personal and professional brand for mm. that exact reason. You know, they go and they use AI to scan your social media to find things that could be defamatory towards you, let alone towards a, a particular company. You know, I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm wearing an Oreos shirt and, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, taking 10 shots on video and then uh, Oreos, <laughs> Oreos now is shedding a, a bad light. 
or I'm eating chips ahoy is probably a better example. <laughs> in this case. But you know, it, it's just it's so important for people to realize that what you put out there stays out there, and that can either enhance your credibility and and your ability to get uh, noticed, get hired, get opportunities, whatever the case may be, or immediately disqualify you without you even have the opportunity to dialogue with the decision makers in these cases. This is incredible. We're going to extend this topic. I want to add one tiny thing that I, I, I haven't done, but I've done it for people. I have my own website, so I don't need to. But let's say you don't have a website yet and you are using that LinkedIn profile in your resume. Tell me if this is a good idea, guys. You tell me. I, I, I haven't done it for myself, but I recommended it to other people. You just go to GoDaddy.com. You can call them if you need the help with the redirect. You can buy a domain name with your name in it, BenAlbert.com, RealBenAlbert.com, and just have that domain name redirect to your LinkedIn profile. So when someone's looking you up, they see benalbert.com and they're like, wow, you're immediately going to stand out from the average vanilla resume that came on someone's desk because you have your own asset, you have your own domain name. And as a marketer, I know you're going to use that domain name for the next 50 years of your life. So that's my one tip that I wanted to add in that I love. I love it. I didn't even think to make a redirect because I've actually been telling people to get the domain name. And if they want, they can actually put a website on it. Yeah. But that redirect, that's that's a great tip. Part one, you can do the redirect. Part two, set up the actual website. Part three, you might be running your own business. So one last personal brand related question I want everyone to reply because you guys are all active online. You're all building out your own personal brand, your own businesses, your own endeavors. How has building a personal brand been effective for you? in your careers? Who wants to start? I get offered opportunities without me ever searching for them. Like mm. just for example, back in 2020, I, I was 25 in 2020. So I made this YouTube video saying I bought my own home at 25 with no financial help from my parents. And I was all I was doing in the whole video was talking about how happy I felt, not how I did it, but like how happy I was to finally reach this thing that millennials say is impossible, right? And I said, when I buy my second house or my third house, I probably won't have those same feelings anymore because the first one is always like the biggest milestone. So I just made that kind of video. And um, this company, it's affiliated with Quicken Loans and Rocket Mortgage. But now actually starting this month, I'll be making videos officially for Quicken Loans itself. Um, they approached me for a deal where all I have to do is record three videos a month and I make like $500 per video. It's, it's like this short, like $300, no, short three minute video, literally $500 for three minutes. And I was like, great. <laughs> you know, it, and it, the whole reason is because they loved my brand, right? So I, I get approached for opportunities that you can't apply for. Like this isn't something you can apply for. This is something that they scout you for. And it was great. I love this. Yeah. What, what about you two gentlemen, your personal brand, but also just the way you treat your clients and the way they speak about you. How has that helped you guys be successful business people? Maybe Tony. Um, I post a lot 
whether it's on LinkedIn or distribute through my my email network. Because I write for Ad Age occasionally. I'll be quoted in some trade press. I'll, you know, remark on something as simple as you know, seeing an article online and say, yeah, this is interesting and have a, a brief statement about it. Nothing controversial, but I'll post that on LinkedIn. People see that I'm actively working it. I'm, I'm in the business. This is with Tony. If they don't know me, oh, Tony who? You know, and and make you know connections that way. So I, I think I I don't have a personal website. I I did a few years ago. I I take advantage of the corporate website, which I'm not wild about, to be honest with you. I may want to go my own way, but I just haven't taken the time to do that because I I do use LinkedIn as as kind of my my bedrock and my own uh, you know personal brand statement. Real quick, I think that's important, though. You're leveraging what corporate created for you, which is another brilliant thing. You don't have to start something brand new if you have assets available for you. So that's smart as well. Brett, you got anything for us? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's it's somewhat similar to to what both Tony and, and Annie mentioned. I focus on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I'm working with a, a marketing agency at, at the moment. And, and what they've said is people do business with people who are doing business. Mm-hmm. So on LinkedIn, I want to showcase all the people that I'm doing business with. I want to highlight the, the success stories. I want to talk about what I'm working on. And the more that I've done that, and I have definite opportunity to increase my my volume and consistency for sure, but I'm attracting a lot of inbound opportunities over the last six months to a year uh, as a result of people saying, hey, I saw you doing X, Y, and Z. I'd love to have a conversation. And it's it's so nice to get to that point where you're being recognized uh, for the value you're providing independently of you having to you know, go person by person say, hey, look at the value that I provide. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's a cool, cool concept. So um, this, this personal branding is, is paramount. I'm so glad to, and, and Annie, I'd love to connect after this for what it's worth uh, is, is such a, a huge piece of the overall business building puzzle uh, individually and and then as a as a bigger corporation even um, just tremendous so great great conversation here I think you know what I'd like to amplify one of the things you said that you know you're when when you do a good job that speaks volumes it's not just market myself you know do it do a parade put you know get get the get the drummers to drum i'm so proud of my daughters my younger daughter has a social media company in charleston south carolina she's got food and bev clients and i never wanted to insist that she get into advertising but she did on her own and she's killing it i i actually asked her to join me in my recruiting uh (laughs) business uh, when she was going to college and she said yeah Bad chance, old man. I'm. I don't want to set foot in an office. I want to work for myself, and she is now. She lost all of her accounts during COVID because the the bars and restaurants were not active. They weren't paying her for the social media that she was doing. But her personal brand and reputation in Charleston is so strong that it's built back 
tremendously. And she's got new accounts all the time. She's busier than she ever has. So doing a good job, boys and girls, that's really what it's all about. Doing a good job. And you guys did a great job as my first ever panelist on Real Talk with Grow Getters. I want three things to happen right now. Obviously, I want you guys to stay connected, the three of you. I want to support you and our listeners. They are literally the most supportive people I've ever met. So for me and the listener at home, we'll start with Annie. We'll go in that same order. Uh, Annie, Tony, Brett. Annie, tell us like, how can I support you? Sounds like you're trying to sell a lot of copies. How can we stay in your world and support you? Yeah, you can support me by buying a copy of the five-day job search. You know, even if you're not looking to get a job yourself, give it to someone you know who's trying to find a job. I think that's the most important thing, especially if it's someone who's like 18 years old. I really wish this was the kind of book I had at 18. So mm. if you know somebody who is a Gen Z and this book would be a perfect fit for them, buy it and give it to them as a gift. That would be the best thing you can do to help me. That'd be a fun conversation because like I remember when I was younger, I'd be like, I don't need to read this book. But then behind the scenes, I probably would read it because I knew I needed it. And then when I get the success, even though I don't want to admit that my father, or my friend handed it to me, I know who handed me to be that book. I know who bought that for me and I knew the results I got. So it sounds like you can buy it for yourself, but you can buy it for a friend um, and, and get off the, get started. This is coming out early next year. So we want to have a great year. You can buy this as an early year gift for a friend. I can't talk today, y'all. I'm excited. <laughs> you can say, you can say since it's coming out in January, new year, new me, new job. There it is. I, I almost said Christmas gift because this is prior to Christmas, but it'll come out in January. So it's new year, new me, new job. Tony, how can we support you as well? Oh, no, Annie, you forgot to say Annie Margarita Yang. Use the promo code Annie Margarita Yang for a 30% discount on your book. Come on. Oh, come on. All right. Fine. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Okay. Anyway. Yes. If you go on my website directly, AnnieYangFinancial.com and use the coupon code GROWTH, G-R-O-W-T-H, you can get a 10% off discount on the signed paperback copy. Whoa. Nice touch. I'm going to have to make sure people use the links so you don't think I wasted your time bringing you here. We're going to make sure you okay. sell a bunch of books. Just use the coupon right. code growth. growth. Tony, Tony, how can we support you? Uh, you know, I get uh, candidates like over the, you know, just breaking down my door looking for help. Uh, thank you very much. I don't need more candidates. I try to help as many people as I can. Um, I will um, send people a little uh, job search toolkit that I put together during COVID when it was like a scene from The Walking Dead outside of my window here. Help me, help me. And, you know, I feel bad because I can't help everyone. But if there's an ad agency or a marketing services company that's looking for good people, I, I'm all ears on that. Love it. And hey, if anybody wants to reach out to me first, to any of these people, I'll make the intro as well. Or reach out to Tony individually, reach out to Annie, reach out to Brett individually. Grab the torch and, and take us home, man. How can we support you, Brett? Yeah, uh, first of all, again, I've, I've loved this conversation. This, this was a really 
strong panel that, that you put together here. And I'm excited to continue building the relationships with everyone. Uh, but as for me, uh, if you are a business leader, if you know business leaders that are having difficulty attracting, retaining, and developing high performers within the organization, please get in touch with me. Uh, I'd love to have a conversation, love to come in, uh, do a strategic planning session with, with you. Uh, any corporate retreats, workshops, any of the above uh, are my bread and butter. And uh, I just want to help change that dynamic for as many human beings as, as possible. So please connect with me uh, and, and let's have a conversation. Brett, Annie, Tony, thank you for being my inaugural guest. The listener at home, you're listening to the first ever Real Talk with Grow Getters. We got a lot of segments here. Did you like this segment? If so, send me a DM, reach out to me on LinkedIn, connect with these three first, then send me a message, give me some feedback. We'll do more of these. Thanks again to the three of you for, for making it work. You, I couldn't have done it without you. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. Oh, hey, you're still here. Thanks for listening. If you need to take off, that's quite all right. I do have something brand new and exclusive to share. If you believe more hands-on training, peer accountability, and direct access to some of our guests from this very show would be a helpful addition to the podcast, do me a favor and head over to growgettersonly.com. That's grow, G-R-O-W, getters, G-E-T-T-E-R-S, only. Dot com, growgettersonly.com. Here you can unlock instant access to exclusive high-level mentors, training, networking, accountability, and hot seat coaching alongside fellow growth-obsessed entrepreneurs and business professionals just like yourself. All for, guess what? One dollar. That's right, one dollar for 30 days. What's a grow getter? In short, a growth focused individual, especially in the business realm, who combines the relentless energy of a go getter with a constant pursuit of self improvement and collaboration. Is that you? Head to growgettersonly.com for some community support. This is not for you if you're looking for a quick fix rather than long term growth. Collaboration and learning from others just doesn't seem to appeal to you. You're not ready to be part of a community that relentlessly pushes boundaries. Complacency is your comfort zone. It's not for you. If it is for you, and if you didn't turn this off yet, I do presume you're a grow-getter. And I'd love to invite you to join my new collective, Grow-Getters Only. Basically, cost to check it out, $1 for a month. It's basically free. Everything is over at growgettersonly.com. Just like I said, growgettersonly.com. Oh, yeah. And one last thing. We do put on free events as well if you can't afford the dollar. <laughs> Jokes aside, I'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you.